0: All right, the first stretch of Buffalo Bills training camp is done. We are ready to go here. We're we're, we're getting out of town. We'll be back on Friday, though, because the pads are about to come on, and it's about to get really juicy, but a lot to dive into. I just put up 10 observations, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. We're going to talk about those today on the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast, brought to you by ValueHomeCenters.com. You can go there right now. Uh, customers can shop their value anytime, buy online, pick up today or shop their huge selection of products. Uh, they'll find it in their warehouse. They'll ship it to your local store. Uh, you can go pick it up, uh, or they'll ship it to your house. What, what, whatever you want to do. Uh, value home centers got you hooked up. He is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. What is up my man?
1: Hey, not too much. Glad you survived the first stretch. Uh, excited to kick off the second stretch with you here on Friday and then Saturday. So, uh, looking forward to going camping, Matt.
0: This weekend's gonna be awesome. Like Sunday was like a, a kind of like a slow warm up for camp, and we obviously got into the week a lot to kind of dial into. Honestly, Ryan, they haven't even put shells on yet. So everything that we're talking about right now, it's great. It's start. We're starting to get a, kind of a feel. Uh, for some uh rotations, some lineups, everything like that. But the, f- the the more we move into the heart of camp, the more we're going to get the real stuff, right? Where do you want to start?
1: Well, I think we should start with uh you know, the, the marquee player on this team, Matt, the one that some fans were a little bit worried about after a a slow start, Josh Allen. Uh you know, we've seen this before. A few bad days mixed in here and there, but all of a sudden then Things just go off for him. And that's exactly what happened today for the Buffalo Bills. You have Josh Allen putting on a show for the people in attendance at St. John Fisher University.
0: 13 of 15 uh, by my count in the notebook. May have missed a pass here, uh, a pass here or there, but I think that was pretty close to accurate. He was surgical today, Ryan. This is what we were talking about. This is what we were waiting for Everybody was eating. Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie, wherever Josh Allen went with the ball, good things were happening. And I want to bring you back to the first day you know, when they worked red zone and it wasn't exactly crisp, it wasn't exactly what we, you know, we we were expecting to see. And Josh Allen said after practice, like, this is why we do red zone early so that we can make a lot of mistakes. We can make adjustments. We can go back to the drawing board and then see how we can apply those things the next time we bring that session back. And that's what we saw today. Seven total touchdowns. It, they were feeling so good. I, I almost think that they added a, an extra session at the end because I was walking off the field and all of a sudden they, they usually kind of – uh Come together and they're going to stretch after the practice. But no, they went right into another st- uh, session. Allen just throws an absolute dart. The play of the day. He looked over to his left at Stefan Diggs, totally drew the defense over there, kind of uh looked off of that, went to his next progression, which was McKenzie over the middle. And it was the most bang bang play of this entire training camp, he just uncorked one. It was a laser beam right across the middle on on McKenzie's chest in an instant. And McKenzie made the play, uh, the touchdown. Gabriel Davis had two. Diggs had two or three. Uh, Knox had one or two. It was, it was just everybody was, was, was playing well today and and, and the offense looked looked really good.
1: And, and that's what you want. You, you want to have days like this. Listen, when, when you have a premier defense, one of the top defenses in the league, there's going to be days where they frustrate you. Uh, you had one of the be- better units in the league last year. And, and mind you, now you add Von Miller to the mix. You already have a great secondary, really good linebacker group. So the defense is going to win their fair share of plays, their fair share of days. And, but today was what we wanted to see after the defense had a really strong start. How can the offense respond? You know that Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in this league, and you know that the talent around him. This is one of the the best in terms of offensive talent, one of the best units in the league. You know what Stefan Diggs brings, Dawson Knox nine touchdowns one year ago. Gabriel Davis just continues to get better and better, and Isaiah McKenzie is making a name for himself early here in camp in terms of being the front runner, so to speak, uh, for that slot receiver job. So good to see them all on the same page. Ah, uh, getting off to a great start. Now, now, Matt, that doesn't mean though that uh, the defense didn't have some some good plays today. And I want to kind of turn to some young pass rushers that you mentioned in your column: AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham.
0: Again, it's more AJ Epinesa, right? He's had really been the name that I think's been buzzing the most. I think maybe the most. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Von Miller in a second. Uh, and there's been times that 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 um, Epinesa has won against you know first team guys, but. Today it was against Bobby Hart. Poor, poor Bobby. I mean, the guy just really, really str- struggles out there, and you hate to pick on him, uh, but it was two back-to-back reps. The first one came from Boogie Basham, and you're starting to see some confidence in, in his bag a little bit for Basham in year two, some some combination moves, right? Like, a lot of what we saw from Basham early on, I think, was, was more power-based. I think you're seeing you're seeing him really grow into his, his quickness a little bit. And so – He's really a lot to deal with now that he's able to kind of, you know, combo some moves together, string a couple things together. He just actually, he put, he put him on skates basically from the start. Epinesa in his rep was just overpowering. You saw the bull rush. I think he, he almost made Bobby Hart backing up, fall over. He pushed him into the quarterback. Uh, and I think the quarterback just kind of tr- quickly tried to get rid of it, but really, really good things to see from the young pass rushes. They Von Miller, we, we talked to Deion Dawkins today and, Dawkins is just the best, man. Like I, I, he really kind of takes you into the room, paints a picture for you a little bit. He was asked about Von Miller and what those experiences have been like for him. And he's just like, this dude's the real deal. He's like, I thought the last couple of years going against Jerry Hughes in practice every day, that was great. Right. Von Miller is like four times greater than anything that he ever saw from Jerry Hughes. And that's not a knock on Hughes. It's just how good, you know, he sees the things that he sees from Von Miller every day, you know the way that you know before you know it against Von Miller, he's so experienced, he's so crafty and and savvy as the pass rusher. He'll put one quick move on you, and before you even know it, he's behind you on the play and and rushing at the quarterback. And so I think what we're seeing here, and the reason I bring that up now, some of these guys, Greg Rousseau, who had a, a fumble recovery today, I thought he had a couple nice reps battles with Dawkins during one on ones. You're starting to see these young passers maybe benefit from that tutelage and and they look really comfortable. They're starting to make some strides and we'll get a real good assessment on them when the pads come on on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and with any player, we want to put that asterisk on it and say, you know, once the pads come on, once we see them do that when the pads are on, we'll be even more confident about them. There is obviously a difference, but Epineza is a player which I I saw a comment in here. People have been kind of I I won't use the, the terminology that Paul put in the comments, but you know, he, he's kind of been the forgotten man. He's kind of been that guy that some people thought might not make this roster. Once they added check lost into the mix, he could have been maybe the uh, number four DN, but Epinez is showing up here a little bit. He's getting some wins under his belt. Now when, when the pads come on, it's going to be important for him to continue that boogie bash him. Uh, you know, he has a longer rope, so to speak, because he's only entering year two up has been here a little bit longer, we saw a flash of what he could do last year against Miami and it was, it was more than a flash It was a dominant performance, but then he disappeared when he was given other opportunities. So consistency is going to really come into play there. Love that you mentioned Deion Dawkins, and you're right. That was not a slight against Jerry Hughes by any stretch of the imagination. Von Miller is a first ballot Hall of Famer when, whenever he decides to call it a career and wait out those five years. So this is going to benefit Deion Dawkins. It's going to benefit the other offensive linemen. And speaking of which, in your observations, there was an offensive lineman that won a rep today against Von Miller, and one maybe you wouldn't think of right off the bat, Matt.
0: I'll tell you right now, there's not many times I'm going to take one rep and make it my second observation note. But listen, this is a big deal. And I, I joke with Dion afterwards because he was talking about Von Miller quite a bit. I want to put a story up on the site uh, later today on that and, you know, what the experience is like. And so I joke with him and I said, well, there's one rep where I thought I saw Tommy Doyle shut Von Miller down. It it was a one on one rep. It was a, it was a great rep for for the second year uh, tackle. Uh, He's played some guard as well. But, uh, th- today he was in at right tackle for Spencer Brown, who continues not to participate in the team portion of practice, but he is participating in practice. He's just not doing the teamwork. So Doyle got another opportunity today at right tackle. And it was just a, a perfect rep because when you could shut down Von Miller and take him out of the equation and then have it end in a touchdown, I think it was one of the ones to, to Gabriel Davis. we talk about Davis too in a little bit that's just a huge win. I joke with Dawkins. I'm like, did, does Tommy come back to the, to the huddle and like celebrate that a little bit? Because it's a huge moment. He's like, no, 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 You don't celebrate wins against Von Miller because if he gets wind of it, catches wind of it, you don't want to deal with the next rep that you're, you're going to have against him. He's that good. And he's that competitive. And I I kind of get it, but noteworthy that Tommy Doyle is, is starting to have some, some, some positive moments, not so much in the one-on-ones. He went up against Von Miller there and it was, uh Bit of a mismatch, Uh, but yeah, I, I think that any type of little positive moments in camp for Tommy Doyle, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, confidence builders. Any anytime you can do that, it's really important. And and, you know, I was watching a podcast recently with Von Miller, and and he was talking about how he trash talked Tom Brady once, and and uh, they came back and ended up defeating him when he was on the Broncos, and he learned from that. But it's the same thing. If you're an offensive player, you don't talk trash to Von Miller because, like you said, he'll let you know about it the next time you have those reps. The next time you're going against one another. Uh, Alex Epinez, we we just talked about, AJ, he's having a a pretty good uh, few days here going into this first one day off before we're back at it on Friday.
0: You know, um, there has not been also any camp fights. I was actually talking about that on the sideline today. I'm like, wow, we're four days in and we haven't seen a fight yet. And that's interesting because it has been very chippy. It's been very competitive. You know, Cam Lewis made another play today. And every time he does, man, the energy out of him, that's the biggest um, thing that I've noticed from Cam Lewis Lewis is like the aggressive meter. Like, I think like you come into the league as a rookie and second year guy, and maybe you don't want to make too much noise and, and then you get super comfortable and then you start, you know, reacting to big moments. And we saw that today. Uh, I'll call out one rep that's already gotten some love on social media, uh, in the one on ones early in practice. Stefan Diggs uh, went up against Kyer Elam two times. And one of them got a little bit chippy. At the end of the play, uh, Kyer Elam may have been holding a little bit and and the the ball went incomplete. And Stefan Diggs definitely took issue with the rookie. But that's what you want to see too, right? Like guys competing, guys getting after it. I thought Saran Neal was really good um, in that portion of practice. And then he, he carried that over into the 11 on 11. I thought he was really good. This is the most we've seen of Saran Neal all of training camp. He got matched up on Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis a couple of times and it went really well for him. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, getting a question about that in the comments here. Not not a lot so far in the first four days. He's made a couple catches. I think he's also, I noted, I think on day two where he had the drop because I think it was Cam Lewis that ripped it out. Yeah, I think you're at the point of, of training camp, Brian, where you want to see more from Isaiah Hodgins really start to assert himself. You got to figure out when the when the pads come on, when the physicality gets dialed up even more, Deion Dawkins said today, "Don't don't get it twisted, though. It's been physical already. That's when I think Isaiah Hodgins really has to try to make his mark."
1: Yeah, listen, Hodgins is in a competition for maybe one spot on this roster at wide receiver because of the talent that they have up front, those quote unquote locks. So he needs to start playing more consistently. On the other side of the ball, Cam Lewis. Uh, I love the way you said that, man. Undrafted free agent comes from uh, UB. Obviously familiar with the area, uh, but UB, you know, that's not a NFL powerhouse by any stretch of the uh, imagination. It's not one of those teams. A year in, year out, that brings in NFL talent. They have a few here and there. Don't get me wrong, but now that he's been in the system for a few seasons, now that he has that confidence built up, I, I like that he's he's getting to be a little bit more vocal. That he's being more consistent, making plays. He's putting a stamp on his name and saying, "Listen, I'm someone that you strongly need to consider for this 53 man roster uh, because maybe I won't be around. Maybe I won't. I'll get claimed somewhere else because you know, word gets out." There are people that track the, the, the training camp observations, believe it or, you know whether or not fans want to believe that, that kind of keep notes on who's performing well for different teams and, and things of that nature. Saran Neal talked to someone close to Neal uh, today, actually, and they said that you know, this offseason, he put in more work than ever before. And uh, they're, they're glad to hear that it's paying off early for him. It sounds like he's playing an aggressive brand of football Uh, We already know what his teammates think of him in terms of the overall athleticism, the talent perspective. So if this is the year that he can kind of put it all together and and take that next step as a player, that back end of the defense is only going to be better, Matt.
0: Speaking of taking the next step, I mean, you go to value home centers, you shop for everything that you need round the house, projects, tools. uh, They got pretty much everything uh, in a value. Take that next step, Uh, join their loyalty program. It's called best rewards. Customers earn points for purchases every day that will bring them more savings. Veterans and active military earn double points on every purchase every day. Uh, Visit valuehomecenters.com for more information. Uh, Where do you want to go next, buddy?
1: How about a little Ed Oliver talk? We saw him with a camera today going around, but how about his play on the field?
0: He's unstoppable, Ryan. I mean, I'm really wowed at... I, I guess we should have had this expectation playing with uh, Von Miller and you know going into year four contract year and man it he just looks different out there now again the pads aren't on so I don't want to be hyperbolic here but he just you know veteran guys like Mitch Morse David Questenberry, you know uh, Ryan Bates was when he was in there was really good last year these guys are struggling to block him he's so quick he's so explosive and now he really knows. I think his role, you know, how to win and early on in his career, he was trying to figure out, all right, they're having me line up uh, over the center quite a bit. You know, was he going to be a true three technique? I think now it doesn't matter where he lines up. He's able to affect the quarterback anyway, and he's got closeout speed. I mentioned Jordan Phillips yesterday in terms of his ability to not only get penetration, but then really chase the quarterback and put pressure on, uh, Josh Allen, which if you can run down Josh Allen, it's pretty impressive. Oliver did that today. I think it was a sack. It was kind of like one of those bang bang plays where Allen rolled out. Oliver was hot in his trail, and he and he delivered a dart. Uh, one of the touchdowns to Stefon Diggs, and you give him credit for the touchdown. It's practice; they didn't blow the whistle, but it looked like Oliver got to him first. And it was just, it was just a great overall rep. And he's playing with a ton of confidence. He's loose. He feels good. So. Yeah. Great day for Ed Oliver. Again, it's repetitive. I almost like, wonder, do I, do I need to write about him again? Khalil Shakir. I didn't write about him today because I've written about him the first three days. I'm working on a feature story, but he had a pretty good practice again today. He had one play. It seems like every day there's at least one uh, where he, he really stands out.
1: Yeah, when it comes to writing about these guys, you know the fans eat it up. They they want to hear about these players. So uh, I'm glad you did, Ed Oliver. You know, you know Von going back to Von Miller. One of the big things he said is how difficult it was to leave Aaron Donald and some of the talent on that team. And listen, Ed Oliver, you, you can't expect him to be an Aaron Donald, but he can be a game wrecker in his own way. And when you have Von Miller on that defensive line, you have someone next to Ed Oliver in DeQuan Jones or Tim Settler. Jordan Phillips and the list goes on and on that can take on multiple linemen uh, that's going to help at Oliver he's going to he's going to be better off for that have more one on one matchups and be able to wreck run plays and pass plays get after the quarterback force the ball out early whatever the case may be and again pads will be coming on this weekend I expect more of the same from at Oliver this is not a wait and see in my opinion. I think, at Oliver, who already had a breakout year of sorts last year, I, I think he's going to take it to an even higher level this year in 2022, Matt.
0: Speaking of uh, defensive linemen, uh, I gave a little love today to Mike Love, uh, who made a really nice play, had a, ba- like a batted ball, uh, which, whatever, they've had a bunch of... Uh, tip passes and batted balls. The defensive line has been playing really well, but you just marvel at a guy like Mike love, you know, he's been hanging around since 2018, an undrafted guy who spent the majority of his career. I think he's only played four regular season games uh, for the bills in four seasons, but you know, hanging around in the practice squad year in and year out, they keep him around for a, for a reason. They love what he brings in the building. They love, you know, his competitive level, whenever I've seen the guy play in preseason games, et cetera, he's been really, really good. And I think he continues to be one of the, um, you know, the really like, you know, I don't want to call him a glue guy, but I do think that he's a guy that holds some cachet in the locker room and he does, you know, I might not write about him very much, but he does make a lot of plays and, and he's a valuable guy that I think puts pressure on some of those depth guys to come in, you know, perform and, and, and maybe, ascend to that level or hope to reach that level. You know, they, they got guys on this roster. Let me just, you know, Kingsley, Jonathan is one that kind of stands out a guy that you see kind of spending time with the veterans, Prince Amelie, Daniel Joseph, CJ Brewer, a bunch of young undrafted guys that kind of take a look at a guy like Mike love and say, Maybe that doesn't need to be my ceiling, but maybe I can make that my floor and work toward being a guy that a team will value like that. And that's it's been an impressive run for Mike Love, a guy that doesn't get a lot of attention.
1: Yeah, and listen, he's even battled some injuries in his career in Buffalo, and the fact that the Bills keep bringing him back and want him to come in here to training camps and want him on the practice squad, it does speak a lot to his talent, to what he brings to this team uh, from those practice reps, so a path to 53, almost impossible in my opinion, but He's stringing together some nice practices. He's making a case for him to be on a pre- the practice squad once again, and there's nothing wrong with that because you know opportunities arise in a lot of different ways in this league, whether it's in Buffalo or elsewhere. And if he keeps making these practice squads and making plays this summer, he eventually he down the road he could end up on some roster or even promoted to the Bills roster if there's an injury and and finally get that opportunity and that chance to show what he can do.
0: Uh, Tom Weish over on YouTube. Uh, Thanks for the training camp updates. For those of us that can't go, it's been awesome, man. Having the fans back in the uh, stands. It's just been, uh, it's been a breath of fresh air. Just, just the energy, like Von Miller comes into the stadium and it just absolutely erupts. And it's something that's definitely been missing the last two years. And I think, you know, I think this might, be good for the bills and maybe help them offensively start quicker because you'll, you'll see him, you know, Josh Allen, maybe shake off some of the rust or shake off some of that, that, you know, nervous energy that he tends to have uh, at the beginning of the season, beginning of games, maybe come on a little bit quicker. Uh, the, the way that they've kind of responded after the, the slow start, uh, it's been impressive.
1: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast
0: hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. What's up everybody Matt Perino here one half of the shout Buffalo Bills football podcast here today to talk to you about prize picks America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players you just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on Prize Picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT S H O U T for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. You know, O.J. Howard, I want to talk to you about a minute. Howard, to me, is a guy that I think, if you're the Bills, you want to see a certain level of ability, right. To have the kind of confidence in him to assign him a role. I know that he's a, you know, a guy that's been in this league. He's probably, he's been a little bit underwhelming in some ways, Ryan. He reminds me of Tavon Austin, like a really hyped guy that's coming to the league and just hasn't ever delivered the stats that his draft uh, profile really made you expect that he'd be. And so now you wanna see enough in the practice setting and, and then again in the preseason games that, that that make you trust him to put him out. I think he's gonna have a role no matter what. There's not a really a lot of competition behind Dawson Knox, but they're just there re- really hasn't been a big moment yet for O.J. Howard. I thought his today was probably his best practice and he just made it like a grab or two. Nothing, nothing really great, nothing really that stood out.
1: Yeah, as you said, the the path to tight end number two is there. Uh, you, you do want to see a, a player that when he was signed, there was a lot of excitement about it in terms of what this meant for the offense, what kind of looks, what kind of personnel they could run more of. Uh, how Howard did show some promise in his first two seasons in terms of scoring touchdowns. But you're right. He hasn't put it all together yet, Matt. And, and will this be the year? Maybe. Uh, But once these pads come on on Saturday, can he take his game to the next level? Can he have a practice that stands out like a lot of the players that you've already mentioned over the first three or four days where they did something noteworthy or worthwhile to to get a a nod in in your observation notes so far? It's a little ho-hum and and maybe it's because there's no one to really push him for that roster spot right now. But hopefully there's better things to come for O.J. Howard.
0: If you're listening on the audio platforms as well, thank you. So we got a little special audio only series coming to you from training camp beginning next week. Um, I'm going to be sitting down with, several members of the Buffalo beat uh, if you will. Uh, and by the way, I was a guest on Joe Biscalia's podcast, the Buffalo beat, go check that out as well. He does a great job, had a fun time doing that, but we're all together here. We're in the dorms. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little bit of a series where we're going to sit down for 20, 30 minutes and just talk about camp stories. Like what were our favorite moments from camp? Like for somebody like Elena Getzenberg and uh, Catherine Fitzgerald, who this is their first experience in Rochester, what, what has it been like? What's been your favorite part? How is it compared to other camps that you've covered? And just take you guys, give you kind of the the, the other side of camp, like the non-football side, just the experience of coverage. There'll be some football too. Uh, do me a favor. Send me an email, mperino at nyup.com or DM me on any social media platform and let me know like topics you'd like us to discuss, questions that you have not in the the live comments, but after the show, leave it in the comment section on our show as well. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll check there Uh, and guests that you want to hear from. I'm planning on, on chatting with Elena Getzenberg, Catherine, Joe Biscaglia, Thad Brown, Mookie Hawkins. I I got a bunch uh, already locked up, but if there's somebody specific you're hoping to listen to uh, let us know and make sure you subscribe to the audio, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcast because that's where you're going to be able to listen to. They're, they're not going to be video. They're going to be audio only, Ryan. Big performance from a wide receiver. A couple more things before we get out of here. Marquez Stevenson, Ryan Talbot. Uh, I wrote him off. I wrote him off um, the, the first couple of days of camp. And I know some people weren't, weren't a fan of my other Um, wide receiver take (laughs) yesterday. They got really emotional about it. Uh, I talked about it with Joe B yesterday, Uh, but the further that Jamison Crowder, uh, this camp goes along and he's not on the field, the more you're going to cozy up to the take mafia, but I don't want to go down that road again. Let's stick on Marquez Stevenson, who has just been pretty invisible so far, right? He had a couple of practices during OTAs, kind of went into, you know, camp with him in the roster bubble. But I, I wrote that. I think that he's kind of out of the conversation right now. Well, he he had a little bit of a spark. He showed a little bit of life today. Had two really good catches. He caught, one of them was kind of a sliding low uh, bad throws from Keenum and Barkley on on back to back receptions for Stevenson. He made the catch. Uh, which were big moments for him, but he's going to need more of that. This, along the same lines of, as Isaiah Hodgins, if he wants to make, uh, you know, he had the muff punt yesterday that probably didn't do him any favors. Uh, if that's the competition that he's hoping that will give him the path to the roster, you know, he's probably behind the eight ball there as well. So this is a situation for Marquez Stevenson where he really has to step up his level because, you know, there's a lot of really talented Um, receivers on this roster. Khalil Shakir has looked like the real deal. And uh, I don't know if I'd give that roster spot to any of the three receivers that I mentioned already in Tavon, Austin, uh, Stevenson, or Hodgins, if they only keep six.
1: Right. And and that's absolutely understandable. Now I will say that it seems like Austin's been a little bit more consistent than the others, but that doesn't make him a lock. I agree completely by any, uh, you know, in, when you look at this roster, he needs to keep it up during training camp. He needs to make some plays during the preseason because, as you mentioned earlier, this was a former many, many years ago first-round pick, and he, and he's had a few years here and there early on in his career with the Rams where he, he had a lot of total yards, but he never really met that draft status, and he's come in here, and he looked pretty good this spring. He's, look, uh, he's made some plays so far early on at camp, but you can't just give him a roster spot when – You already have so many talented players in front of him. He's going to have to fight all the way through camp for that last spot. Stevenson's going to be one of those guys fighting for a job draft pick one year ago. And much like Austin, he has the speed to stretch defenses, to get behind players but you're not going to get onto the field. You're not going to make this roster unless you can prove that you can be consistent, that you can be an actual contributor for this team in some way. And that doesn't just mean at wide receiver. It also means on special teams. So going back to your previous point, if you're muffing punts, if you're having issues there, you're not going to help your case. So, those three guys and a few others, they're all in that bubble together right now, and they, they've definitely got to do something here to break away
0: from the pack over the next few weeks and months. You walk onto the field on Friday for the first time of training camp. Where do your eyes go first?
1: You know that's a great question cuz I'm not I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm trying to uh I'm looking at a few different areas. I I might check out some of these young defensive backs. There's a few that I have in mind that I want to kind of keep an eye on uh for some of those last roster spots. And then once practice gets going, obviously your eyes are on a lot of the star players, but there's young guys in the back and there's young guys on the defensive line that I want to kind of keep an eye on. So I'm really intrigued by those last few roster battles. Uh, because, as you and I have mentioned many times, Matt, a lot of this roster is already locked up, uh, barring injury, barring anything that could take place here at training camp and early on in the preseason.
0: Stephen over on YouTube asked if if Roger Saffold is out of the hospital. He is. He's actually been on the field every day of practice. He's just been in street clothes, a uh, Bill's t-shirt. Uh, so they're, they're going to take their time with that. Like cracked ribs are something that they, 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 they tend to kind of just fester. The, the pain of that, the, the breathing uh, impact of that as well. So that's just going to be something where he's a veteran. He's played it under Cromer. I think he's spending a lot of time probably studying the playbook, going over the film. Uh, he's somebody that's pretty much a plug and play kind of option. So I don't think that they're they're worried about that. And honestly, with him being out, it's, it's a lot like the Tredavious White situation it gives some of these other young players a chance to not only get in there if you're Cody Ford and get rep valuable reps, but guys like Tommy Doyle and David Questenberry who play the majority of their time at tackle, they get to get in there. And Luke Tenuta, who's been in there at one time at left guard, uh, the, the, the rookie. That, that's a, that's a big, that's a big opportunity for them to go in there and show them. And they're going to need all the versatility they can get on this offensive line. They lost a couple key players. Obviously Darrell Williams still on the market, but so yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't think of it as a big concern that Saffold's still out.
1: No, and this isn't just about having your best five; it's about finding the next guy off the bench and the player after that. So getting these young players reps is really important this time of year. Matt, there were two questions earlier in the chat uh, about Terrell Bernard and James Cook. Anything about the two rookies stand out today? How are they? How are they looking at practice?
0: Not really. Um, I didn't notice. Uh, excuse me. I didn't notice uh, specifically James Cook uh, or um, Terrell Bernard today. I will say on, and again, we're going to be more zeroed in on 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 the the trench matchups and the, and some of the linebacker play and the safeties when the pads come on and we could see him really hit and you, you know, you have to go in there and you have to win battles uh, amongst the linebackers. And, you know, I'll, the one thing I will so, notice about Bernard a couple of times on some run plays for the last couple of days, it seems like he's been swallowed up a little bit. I don't want people to overreact to that. Part of that is just, you know, probably going through your progressions, probably going through your reads and, And those, and those mental reps. I mean, I haven't seen him a ton of time working on the garbage cans yet. I think that's probably coming. Obviously, uh, Tremaine Edmonds has spent, man, Milano has spent hours on those things at St. John Fisher college. So not, not a ton to report on Bernard cook was good again today, man. Every time the guy touches the ball, it's like you leave it thinking, okay, he does something that nobody else does. And, you know, I think if you come out to training camp and, and, and you watch him just one day up close, it's really impressive how effortless it is for him to get up to top speed and maintain that top speed. And so that's more of what we see what we saw today out of Cook and it's funny that's a good conversation that I think is going to be real juicy over the next month. The running back situation in general. You know, I think Devin Singletary has looked really solid. I think Zach Moss has looked really solid. Duke Johnson entered the chat today. This was the most that uh we saw him all of training camp. And then I, I've been really uh Impressed with uh, Blackshear, uh, is it Raheem?
1: Raheem, Raheem Blackshear. Raheem. Yeah, Tech.
0: Raheem. Raheem Blackshear, really a uh, nice little player. And so he's got some burst to his game as well. So the running backs are good. And I think any way that they go in that direction, I think it's going to be matchup specific. I think there's going to be games they lean on uh, Moss. There's going to be games they leave on, lean on Singletary. But I think there's, they're going to try to find ways to get Cook on the field.
1: Yeah, real quick before I I uh, touch upon the running backs, Terrell Bernard, Leslie Frazier had some big praise for him recently. I think it was on One Bills Live where he said, listen, this guy just kind of reacts. Uh, There's no hesitancy there. It's something that is very impressive for a rookie. So to have your defensive coordinator come out like that and praise you this early on uh, as a rookie, I think is an encouraging sign. As for the running backs it, it's a deep room. Listen, it, you know, I, I think Cook has super superstar potential. There's no superstar here right now, but Devin Singletary ended the year on a strong note. You know, what he's going to bring week in, week out. James Cook has that explosiveness, he's that he's going to be the best pass catching option for this team. Zach Moss is healthy, he can cut. Uh, Duke Johnson, mostly known for being a pass catcher, but was really solid running the ball last year in Miami, and then even Blackshear. Blackshire, I think, is going to be one of those players that the Bills will try to get on their practice squad as long as he continues to to show up and and practice and play well. Uh, I think there's a lot of talent there. It's just a numbers game for this team. So I don't see him necessarily uh, making it this year, but he could be a a play away from getting that opportunity to step on the field down the road. Uh,
0: The best way to get deals uh, if you're looking for a new tool, something, you know, you're working on something around the house, you need some materials, text value. V-A-L-U to 80692, and you'll join Value's text program. That way, they text all the information, all the deals, all the new products right to your phone. And you'll receive, when you sign up, you'll receive $10 off a $40 purchase coupon. You'll be the first to know about new promotions, deals, and new products. ValueHomeCenters.com for more details. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with spending about 10 or so more minutes with everybody. What, what, what do you want to talk about?
1: Matt, let's talk a little bit about those that still have not been on the field as of late. Just a, a quick refresher for those of you that uh, maybe are, are have not been reading about that. Who has not been available today and over the past few days?
0: So, yeah, Saffold, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, Ryan Bates uh, mispracticed today. It wasn't uh, made clear what he's dealing with. Uh, so we'll kind of figure that out as we go. Then two receivers, Jake Kumaro and Jamison Crowder, both dealing with uh, soreness and tightness uh, yesterday was something that uh, was mentioned by Sean McDermott. So, you know, we're still waiting to kind of, you know, see Jamison Crowder back on the field. He started, you know, the first day on the third team. It's funny. People were talking about Isaiah McKenzie uh, benefiting from Crowder being off the field. Well, he started with the first team on day one. Like he was out there with Allen. And Crowder wasn't even before he got dinged up. So I think Crowder's like behind the eight ball right now. A, you know, the the first impression of training camp is best ability is availability. And he hasn't been available. That's number one. And number two, it's allowed Khalil Shakir, you know, a ton of uh, opportunities with the first team. And whenever he's been out there against anybody he's played against, he's been, as advertised. And, you know, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, this is a guy that thought he was going to go in the second or third round. You know, he downplayed it to me when I talked to him earlier this week, but it's definitely something that he probably still brings with him every day. He's working with, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game in, in Stefan Diggs, and getting better every day. Gabriel Davis was uh, Gabe Davis. Sorry. He wants to go by that now. Um, after Marketing. Team. Yeah. Gabriel for the last two years. So sorry, Gabe. It was really complimentary of Shakir today, you know, the way that he's come in and he's worked and he's doing all the uh, everything they've asked of him. So uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think, for, you know, I don't think an uphill battle. Listen, at the end of the day, I think he probably does make the roster. But to earn a role on this team, to earn a jersey on game day, you got to be available. You got to be, they got to have trust in you. And, and time's running out to earn that trust.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like a Matt Breida situation from last year. Someone that makes the roster, but... Inactive a lot, struggles to get on the field, and maybe if that opportunity arises, he can he can make the most of it and do something with it. But he, he, you're right when you already have an Isaiah McKenzie, when you have a Khalil Shakir, who really solid pass catcher was coming into this league, and he's shown it so far to to this point. It's going to be hard for Crowder, the longer he's out, to prove that he deserves to be on that field and and to be getting reps. Matt, some of the questions in the chat. Here we go. Anything on Jalen Weidermeyer? Nada. He's been invisible. Next. Uh, How about talk a little bit about Elam's learning curve? Obviously it's still early, uh, but the fact that he's winning a few of these battles against the premier receivers, are you seeing a little bit more, maybe consistency, more confidence in his game here?
0: I think it's up and down. I think that there's learning moments almost every rep, because even on the, on, on the, on the plays where the ball doesn't come his way, you know, there's some wins, there's some losses. He's really competitive and really aggressive, Uh, when he can be, but I think it's also about learning how to temper that aggression in certain spots. And so, you know, I think he's having a really strong camp, but we won't really know exactly how he looks until the pads come on and you're able to kind of jam guys. And listen, one of the things coaches talk about a lot is like, of course you want to have your scheme and you want to play the way that you want to play, but you also want to, take advantage of what guys are good at. And we know that Elam's speed and his physicality, he played a lot of press at the line in college. They're, they let Levi do that a little bit at times. And so I think they're going to let him do that. Um, an update on Tredavious White. I watched him pretty closely today working out on the side and he's coming along, man. I mean, he's doing a lot of agility work. He's uh, he's working and, and trying to get back, get ready. He, he seemed to be in good spirits. Uh, was doing some work on the tire today, some stuff that just looked absolutely grueling. So He's really getting after it. I've seen a couple people ask about Kim Pagula in, in the comments as well. No update from the Bills on her yet uh, outside of the latest where you know things were doing better about a month ago or so, or a few weeks ago. Uh, she has not been at camp. I've not seen Terry either. So uh, that's, a, that's about as much of an update as I can give you on that front
1: yeah and and with Trey White, if you go out there, there are some videos of him doing the the jumping off of the legs the some running some bike work, and then, like you said today he was hitting the uh tire with the hammer looks like he he's put on he's always been pretty strong upper body, but it looks like he's put some muscle on his upper body as well during this time, so I'm excited to see though where you know where he's at or as training camp goes on as we maybe get some more news from the team. all we've heard so far is he's on schedule with whatever you know whatever on schedule is we haven't been given a timeline yet but the more you see him out there the more you see him working I would say it's encouraging to be sure Matt
0: without a doubt and it's something you saw today you know hearing something from the coaches is important but we've we've talked to guys how many times where hearing it from a guy that's been an all-pro in the league it just it feels differently and you know he's working with guys and you know Elam Once they get back out there for the first time and he's able to practice I mean, that's probably going to be such a relief for Elam because he's going to have gone through all of this to this point and then get one of the best cornerbacks in the league to play with again. So that'll be interesting as well. All right. I think that's going to do it, Ryan. Uh, I got to run. I I got to transcribe some stuff. I got to write a story. So thank you so much to everybody for uh, joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. We're off tomorrow. Uh, Ryan Talbot the next time we come to everybody you're going to be sitting right in between these beds with me
1: that's right I'm going to be blocking out about four or five of those empty water bottles Matt Perino
0: hey listen I'm hydrating man it's hot out here that's good for Ryan Talbot I'm Matt Perino enjoy the rest of your week we'll see you on Friday everybody Syracuse.com NewYorkUpstate.com we got everything you need uh, to get you up to speed on everything going on at camp take care everybody
1: A Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.